man. Welcome to the Side Talks podcast, dude. Wow. Uh, are What's you up, a, Leonardo? Yeah, you're I'm a Ninja Turtle. turtle. Got you it. guessed it. Yeah. Donatello over here, dude. Uh, what's up, Ding Dongs? <laughs> we talk about nothing but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all day and all fucking night, bro. And other related subjects like pizza. Pizza, uh, sewers, <laughs> April. <laughs> Actually, we don't. We talk about movies. I'm... I'm who am I? I'm Donatello. No, I'm Rachel Morgan. Uh, I'm Corey Kraft. Our rat sensei is here uh, and is going to jump in, I think, at some point in this episode. We'll see. Uh, but uh, until that happens, we're going to talk about cinema. What's this shit? Here we go. Are you right. ready? Warm up. Throw it at Ooh, me. Ooh, I'm Listen, ready. I've got Feeling to tell punchy. you. I have to admit something real okay. quickly. All right. So last week on my way here, this jabroni came out of nowhere and hit my <laughs> Mercedes. I'm not. I'm um, not laughing at the at the car accident. I'm laughing at hearing somebody use the the word jabroni. Uh, trust me, when you see a picture of this guy, and I want you to know, y'all, he jumps up out of the car apologizing for hitting me, and then very quickly says, "I used to be a cop. I'm a super safe driver. I'm used to be." Well, anyway, he changed his tune when the actual cop showed up and said that I hit him. So this is a whole. To, this is a whole thing. Ugh. But but we ran my we as in my dad <laughs> ran a little um, background check on him. In the middle of the night, just it bothered him. And guess what? This dude had been arrested for six months ago. Uh, what? Impersonating driving? a police officer. Oh, no, no shit. Jabroni Central people. Uh, anyway, that's wow. My that's not my admission. My that actually happened. That's just a statement of bullshit. What a jabroni. But my admission is that I am going off of my notes from over a week ago. So I one of my notes is just about this film and it was right top of mind. So I'm okay. going to try to relay to you what was fresh in my mind a week ago and since then I've I've been hit by a um a police officer question mark Rachel uh, did air quotes in case you're wondering this yeah. is a former it's an audio medium a former police officer so really it's a former fake ass police officer wow anyway so more importantly in this film there's a lady <gasps> and the lady is walking past windows okay and she I feel like I, this is the thing. the the big The big reveal in what I'm about to tell you. If you don't, if you haven't seen this film, you're not sure. You're probably not going to get it. But if you've seen this film, you should certainly remember this. She sees some beautiful sort of scarf, green scarf on a mannequin. Okay. And proceeds to talk to the mannequin. The mannequin comes alive, and no, this is not mannequin with chemtrail. Is it Mannequin 2 on the move? No, it's not Mannequin 2 on the move. It's okay. none of the mannequin. It's none of the wonder. Actually, I was wishing that it was because <laughs> I watched this on an airplane uh, and it is, it's airplane fare. Okay. Uh, and so the the mannequin starts talking back to her and it's all about how you need the scarf. The scarf is going to look so beautiful on you. And then the woman says, but I have this job interview and I've just got all this debt. This sounds debt. familiar. I've got all this debt. And I, yes, but if you buy the, the mannequin's little mouth is is digitally moving sure, it's sure, like, sure. if you buy the scarf this green scarf you'll get, go in and impress them in the in the interview so of course she goes and buys the green scarf that she's been which by the way in all fairness if a mannequin began to talk to me i too would buy whatever the right? hell it was selling of course it was very realistic the little mouth moving <laughs> but it was a mannequin like the very plain mannequin Got it. Not like a pretty mannequin, like a Kim Cattrall mannequin. Sure, sure. So she does purchase a scarf. She then bumps into a guy who's 
buying a hot dog who ends up then this is a neat like the new york and ends up being it ends up being the guy who interviews her at a later time and for whatever reason based on their interaction she has to hide the scarf huh okay i feel like if you don't know if you if you don't know what this is yet you're not gonna get you want to take a guess well would you classify this young woman as a bit of a shopaholic Yes, I would. Okay, so this is Confessions of a Shopaholic. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And that was the most distant memory I've ever had. And what's this shit? Like, I was really scratching to try to remember things. Yes, have you seen this film? I have, yeah. It's a poor man's Amy Adams. Uh, that's, yeah, Isla Fisher, I think, is the actress. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, now, I, I don't remember why I watched this, but I watched it when it came out, and I was like, no, nah, that's not very good. Oh, it's absolutely terrible. I mean, I, I was angry at this film. I was 45 minutes into it because nothing, there's absolutely nothing in it at all that is rooted in reality in any way, shape, or form. Not even a string or a thread. And then it's all too just so about how women just have to shop. I mean, I was insulted well, left I mean, and fucking right. As as the early 90s comedian said, <laughs> women do be shopping. Women be shopping, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, let's wrap this up. All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. Lightning is striking somewhere. That must mean it's time. Perfect day for it. It's actually a little rainy out, listeners. It's time for a filmmaker lightning round. Yeah, and we haven't done this in a while. It's been a little while. Now, we are doing a filmmaker apparently we've not covered on this segment before i asked sam and he said no he didn't think we had either so if we've done it before boy we have no recollection of it whatsoever not even an institutional memory resides of this so so. let's go let's do it because this is long overdue then yeah uh a big uh big figure in genre cinema uh, and in my life and in my life as well mr john carpenter the one the only the genius so, perhaps we have covered this territory. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why we haven't done past. it because we've kicked a lot of these titles around a good bit, and most of them—well, not most, but many of them—that I'm going to mention today are on at least my top 400 list. Sure. But certainly, there's some representation on my top. Oh, even my top 10. Yeah, mine as well. I don't remember where Halloween placed. I think it was right outside the top 10 yeah. for me. Um, anyway, what's a movie that you love by John Carpenter? Ding, ding, ding. You actually just said it, and that is going to be the, one of the greatest films ever made in my top 10, 1978's original Halloween. I yep. think this film is is pure brilliance. And I've talked about it a lot, but it's not just because Michael Myers is a great monster it's a it's a great premise it's a wonderful wonderful film all around in regards to the suspense and the terror but it's also a really lovely fall day to spend with these three young women and that's kind of my favorite part is the walk home and yeah uh, getting ready to babysit and and all the the nostalgia that's breathing through the car with uh, when when you're hearing um, "Don't Fear the Reaper" play, it's just a, it's a gorgeous ass film. And it's funny how autumnal it feels, considering they're spreading literal yeah. spray painted leaves 
on a Los Angeles street. I suspend my disbelief because they do such a great job. Yeah, I mean, I it really, looks good. I really feel convinced, even though, yeah, it's just some some sprinkled leaves and a leaf blower. Then they had to, but... you know, rake the leaves up to reuse right. them in other shots, which is whatever. I'm fantastic. buying what I'm buying what Carpenter's selling Absolutely. here, and I love this film. It's hard to answer with anything else. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Well, I'm going to answer with something else, okay. and not because I don't love Halloween, which I absolutely do, or The Thing, which I absolutely yeah. love as well, or any number of other movies. I wanted to spotlight instead an undersung Carpenter that I don't think gets enough love, even though I think it's got a pretty hefty following these days. And that film is Prince of Darkness, which oh, interesting. I adore. I love it. Um, it's... Carpenter playing in sort of Lovecraftian territory. What if, you know, an ancient, vengeful, evil presence was embodied on Earth by this um, cylinder of rotating green fluid in the basement of a Los Angeles church? And what if it uh, spelled, you know, the end of the world if and when such a thing were to escape as it is about to do when all these grad students and scientists observe it on a terrible night. Yeah. Um, Prince of Darkness it comes near the end of the 1980s. It's like after Big Trouble in Little China, right before They Live, I think, nestled yep. right in there. Sounds right. Um, still in his most productive and impressive period as a filmmaker. Not to say that he falls completely off a cliff because there are some movies he made in the 90s that I like. But but I, I think it's it's pretty much agreed upon that his most productive and, and, and best years are from, you know, Assault on Precinct 13 till about They Live. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, great underseen Carpenter movie that falls in that golden period. Uh, and I love it a lot. Yeah, good. I'm not going to argue with you. Well, what's a movie that you like more than most people from John Carpenter? You know, uh, there's a lot of – this is a tough one because there's a lot of John Carpenter fans out there. Obviously, this is not a deep cut. And, and any of anything that falls on his IMDb page is going to be a film that people have paid attention to. Right. And in addition to that, you know, it's uh, – anyway, hard to, hard to fight with somebody over what somebody might love. But I'm going to go with Christine yeah. from 1983. I do love this film a lot. I think it's – there's a lot to unpack. Sure. <laughs> I think it's really fun. And I remember being really intrigued by it as a youngster. So I'm going to say Christine. I, I think that's that's fair because I I would say that you probably like Christine more than I do. I bet I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really strong and, and really good movie. It's just not top tier Carpenter for me. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. This is one of we, we've pitched this series before at the cinema where we play a film and we have an expert come in. Yeah. Somebody who works in a field of, for example, maybe an attorney comes on after a legal drama and talks about the ins and outs of the case and what right. was realistic and what wasn't. And I would love to have a psychologist come in after Christine and talk about what the hell was going on in <laughs> Stephen King's head when he created this this scenario. And, uh, you know, obviously I didn't write – he didn't write the screenplay for this, but based on, on his novel, right? Boys love their cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just a scratch of the surface. Yep. 
uh, a movie that I like more than most people. Again, I don't know how true this is because yeah. I think you're right that it's hard to do this. Yeah, one. Carpenter has a following uh, that's pretty substantial. But I'm going to spotlight one of those movies from the '90s that I like a whole lot, even though I think this is probably his best regarded movie from the '90s, In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, a um, lot of people really do like that. Yeah, film. it's yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. Um, and this is. You know, also, uh, it, kind of the third part of his Apocalypse trilogy, The Thing, Prince of Darkness, and this, um, which this one's a little bit more metafictional. It's it's kind of playing of what if Stephen King, uh, as a novelist, tapped into this Lovecraftian other world and manifested its um, terrors yeah. in reality? And what if this character played by Sam Neill gets trapped essentially in a an ever uh, increasingly horrifying Stephen King village when investigating this this situation. Um, I really love it. I think it's really well uh, well crafted. Of course, it is. It's Carpenter. He's a, he's an excellent you know technician and an excellent. Um, uh, he 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 composes his image beautifully. Um, so in the mouth of madness, there's there's no surprise that it's a gorgeous movie, but it's also I think a really spooky and effective and slightly uh, funny uh, horror movie as well. As, as his often are. I think there's a lot of humor in Halloween too, and Halloween as in T O O. Yeah, uh, Halloween too is actually one of the less funny films because they're just the moping around a damn hospital the whole time. Which I will add really quickly that part of the reason why I think this is tough for me is because uh, even though we we associate all the Halloween series with Carpenter. He certainly didn't direct the vast majority of them. Yeah. And so for that reason, something that I love, like a Halloween H2O doesn't hit this list because it's, it's, it's got the hints of Carpenter, but it's not Carpenter directed. He was only involved with the screenplays for Halloween two and then season of the witch Halloween three, I think. Yes, but he didn't direct. He season didn't, of the witch, no, he didn't. Tommy which is Lee why, Wallace which did. is why I would be happy to throw in season of the witch on here too, even though I do think season of the witch season of the witch has gotten a lot more love in sure the last has. decade. It's really started to be embraced, even yeah, though at one point it was the redheaded stepchild. It's fun and good and a lot better than that druid shit that comes later. I'll tell you that much. Shh, shh, watch your mouth. All right. What's a Carpenter movie you don't like as much as other people? Oh, you're going to be pissed when I say this. Oh, and I'm about it. to rile everybody up. Jeremy Burgess out there Uh-oh. listening. He's going to be pissed about this one. Some other folks out there pissed about this one. Doesn't mean I don't love these films, people. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But I don't think that I like The Fog or The Thing as much as everybody else. I know. Well, I know. My answer is the fog. Oh, I'm so, I'm shocked. But the thing I, I know, adore. untouchable, untouchable. It is. It is it, truly. It it moments can be a little tedious, and it's boy time. I think that's my issue. Is it's kind of boy time. Both of those feel a little boyish to me, and that's fine. I do love, I I do love my man sitting there drinking his scotch. Do not get me wrong. He, There's some great shit in this film. Yeah. But mm, I'm just gonna. Mm, I think people like it a lot more than me. That's all. I love the thing unreservedly. Okay, I, you know, look, he's getting—he's like getting a little. I just don't know what to about, say. I told you. I mean, sure. with the beard is a special thing. Yeah, it's an incredibly special thing. The 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 creature work alone is just some of the most awe-inspiring shit I, sure. I've ever seen. Sure, um, it's a frosty little bitch. I get it. Yeah, but but, but the fog. I mean. I agree with you there. The fog has always been pokier than I want. Yeah. It's it's always just been a little too 
slow, a little too reliant on sort of building atmosphere instead of delivering on scares yeah, for you. me. I, I agree. You know, it's it's good. Of course, it's good. Um, but it's maybe one that I I owe more attention to one of these days down yeah, the line. I hear you. All right, a movie by Carpenter that you feel that you might need to rewatch. It's actually quite a few. Yeah, I got Confessions some of a Shopaholic. Sure, of that course. I it's been a long ass time since I've watched Escape from L.A. I have never seen Escape from L.A. I feel like. If my memory serves me, that it's a really fun. I bet it's going to be super fun to go back and watch too. Well, because this is '98, it's going to have yeah. all kinds of of '98ery, which like will be really enjoyable. A lot of his movies recently, it has picked up a pretty loyal and loud fan base. And yeah. people will tell you that it's it's a it's a much better compliment to Escape from New York than reviews at the time gave it sure. credit for being that that the satire of it has just aged well but i've never seen it i i, I should catch good up with it midnighter as might big trouble and little china oh sure but good midnighter so yeah. we'll see if those hit keep an eye out for the sidewalk midnight schedule because we some of these might hit that i mean that would be a great idea yeah i agree so what about you i i've also never seen and talk about a movie designed for me to love. Yeah. But I've still never seen Starman. Okay. Is that Jeff Bridges too? It is, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen. Yeah. Two performers I love. Carpenter kind of playing in a more Steven Spielberg-like register from what I understand, but still with his widescreen mastery. I mean, it's the only Carpenter movie from the golden era that I've never seen. Yeah. Like, I've never seen Ghosts of Mars either, but I'm not rushing to see Ghosts of Mars. Um, I, I, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that I've never gotten around to, and I really should because I love John Carpenter. Right. Well, so, you should wrap us up so you can go home and watch that. I, You know, that's a really good idea, actually. Beat the hell out of whatever I had planned for tonight. There you go. Put so it on your list. That's suggestions. our John Carpenter lightning round. If you have any real strong opinions about Rachel not liking the thing as much as everybody else. And, and in fairness, she did not yeah. say that it was bad. She said it was good. She just doesn't like it as much as, as everybody else. Which what is else a, am I going to pull It's a they defensible live? position. It's a defensible position, even though, again, I strongly disagree. If it wasn't for that 47,000-minute fight scene and they live, I might have thrown it out there. But that comes out of the gate and wins me every time. Yeah, of course. it's It rules. I, he's so great. We didn't even talk about Escape from New York, really. No, we didn't. We didn't. But oh, it's obviously God. in the canon. It doesn't need us to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Carpenter, real good. Hey, John, I know that you love smoking weed and playing basketball video games, but if you ever wanted to like make another movie, We'd love I, it. I, I, I would certainly go see it in a cinema. And, of course, we're recording this right before Halloween Ends concludes this new trilogy. Can't wait. Halloween I feel movies. like we're going to be arguing about Halloween Ends. We've argued I'm about the other two. The fuck up. for listening to the side talks podcast where your own personal cinematic kfc edible scoffy <laughs> scoffy yep and, and they have to specify that it's edible yes what the fuck just wait for okay, it continue and the taco bell big cheese tostada oh excuse me big cheese it tostada oh 
They need to stop doing shit See, that's I unnatural with cheese. I can't stop with the food items, and I'm not gonna. Let me tell you what the sco- Do y'all want to guess what the coffee cup is? Oh, oh my god! Did they make like a coffee cup of? Like, yep. Like. Uh, it, ice cream cone material or something? It's an edible coffee cup consisting of a biscuit Ugh. wrapped in sugar paper no. lined with white chocolate. Oh, my God. It is only available in the UK, but it is coming to the US no, soon. keep so it over there. get ready to eat your coffee cup. No! <laughs> Wait, and, and but this isn't, this isn't like, I'm going to go down to my neighborhood Starbucks, a place that makes coffee. That's their thing that they do. They make coffee and get an edible coffee cup. I've got to get fucking KFC coffee. Yes. Does, yes. Did anybody know before right this moment that KFC sold coffee? Nope. In the UK, they do, apparently. Jesus Christ. Are y'all not even curious about the big cheeses? I'm stuck Tostada? on this. I'm stuck on the, the edible coffee. Let what me tell you about the edible idea. coffee, though. Here's the thing. It's enviro friendly. Because you're going to drink the coffee, you're going to eat the cup. She's got a point. It's sure, all gone. Okay. Bye. Sure. Okay. The big cheese it, however, I feel like you're going to get three bites into and it's going to go into a landfill and There's... be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing environmentally friendly about this. I am hypnotized by this item, actually, okay. because I have seen it photographically. Oh, my God. And it is indeed a giant fucking cheese it. Like, I know people can't see me right now. I'm not completely stupid. But, Corey, I'm holding up something about the size of your head. Am yeah, I not? it's quite large. It's a very big Cheez-It. And that Cheez-It is then made into a to- tostada. No. Yep. I don't. They fry it, put all the beans and the bullshit no. on it, and you eat it. So, what are you doing? Are you eating the coffee cup? Or are you cheesing it? I'm eating the coffee cup. Yeah. The cheese, it sounds gross. I think it sounds gross too, but I got to tell you, I'm really freaked out by the edible coffee cup, even though it is enviro friendly. But there is something re- I told you somehow, like mystically, the cheese that looked me directly in the eyes, and I want to <laughs> see it in real life. Like I want to see this giant cheese at tostada. <laughs> it looked exactly like it had. It's, it's it's a it's a miracle. It had the actual markings of a cheese it only really big. You know how a little cheese it has like a little indentions on the edge. Yeah, this has the same thing. They just took a cheese it and made a really big. Yeah, I want to. I kind of want it. <laughs> I, I've been watching some some Hellraiser movies recently. Oh, this is and a I've Hellraiser. Never, I've never understood the allure of the fucking puzzle box. Like people are like, I just can't keep fi- from fiddling with it. <laughs> it's like a I, giant cheese. Yeah. Now I get it. You get it. You describing you get that. It. Like, you, you know, you it. could put the lament configuration in front of people and be like, don't fuck with that. That's a gate to hell. And people are like, I still kind of want to fuck with it. This is what this cheese it situation sounds like oh to me. i agree i agree and they ought to have just called this the hellraiser because that would make more <laughs> sense now all they need to do is blast a little cinna dust on it and oh, be good well, to go you know i can't get enough of that cinna dust <laughs> oh thank not, you for not listening a drug thing, by the way i just still want to clarify that's not a drug thing thank you for listening to the side talks podcast and I feel like at this point in time, Taco Bell's really gone strong. They've really gone after their stoner audience. It, about 10 years ago, they just embraced it. They went, you yeah. know what? We can make enough money on off high-ass people. That's all we need to focus on. Different flavors of do, 
bullshit like giant tostadas, yeah. cheese at tostadas. That's all we need. People will line up. They'll get in that line. They'll sit in that line for hours and hours and hours, and we'll sell them shit for $2, and it'll be so much shit for $2 that we're millionaires. You got to have a mountain of junk food so that you can play your Xbox One uninterrupted at 3 a.m. It's impressive, and I do think what I'm getting at here is you know how we love a spinoff podcast. Uh-oh. I think we could actually start a Taco Bell podcast that would just be about the items on the Taco Bell menu, and it could just go on forever because every time you turn around, they're trying some new crazy-ass bullshit. If I have to eat the food, I don't know that I want to participate. Yeah, and I guess they've already kind of got it covered. There's one guy with the weird hands that opens all the food and talks about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that dude's – that's the thing we need to find out. Has that dude ever eaten a giant Cheez-It? Has Sam (laughs) – Sam, have you eaten a giant Cheez-It? I've never eaten a giant Cheez-It. Hmm. Oh. Well, you know Seems like a total Sam thing. can get coffee in in an actual mug. Revelator Coffee. Yes. Our, our sponsor. Sponsor. Our yeah, wonderful sponsor. They don't have to play around with edible mugs and this kind of crap. No. They just serve they, good coffee. They serve delicious coffee downtown Birmingham. Stop by and get a cup. Thanks also to Boutwell Studios. Brad, have you ever had a giant cheese it? I haven't, but I kind of want one now. Yeah. See? Brad is mystified too. Yeah, I'm the one not getting fucking shredded by chains and dragged okay, to hell by you, the Cenobites. Let me give you and Sam, because I think Sam has also avoided this. Let me give y'all a little suggestion. Do not look directly into the eyes of the giant Jesus because <laughs> you are going to want one. You see what's happened to both me and Brad. So avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Wow. I'm so sorry that your lives have been ruined by this. <laughs> Uh, your life won't be ruined if you go to SidewalkFest.com or check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film, where you'll see news about what we're doing at the cinema. You're going to want to come see a movie with us at the cinema. We're showing some great stuff. We got drinks. We got delicious snacks. None of them are giant Cheez-Its, but, you know. Yeah, let's talk to Destiny about that, though. Ah, God, don't bring that evil into our house. I feel house. like if I slack Destiny right now and said, can we get giant Cheez-Its, she'd be like, hell yeah, I'm on it. And she, they go great with a twisted tea. Okay, that's I don't like definitely it. the message we. That's the response I'd get. I'd I don't put like money it. on it. All right. Well, I I do like this podcast, but it has to come to an end now. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. We gotta go get giant cheez-its. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise. <laughs>